I'm, I don't think I'm doing it right. I'm butchering it. I'm botching. I'm botching it. Dominique, help me. <laughs> Actually, I ain't got nothing to. I got nothing to flex, so it's not gonna work out. Dominique Vandenberg is in the house. How are you doing, my friend? Welcome. I'm good. Thank to you the Rubble Nectar Podcast. Honor to have you here, my friend. I say you have the muscle. I got the fussel. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna patent that. I'm gonna patented that. Oh man! Thank you so much for hanging out today with the samurai guy. Going to talk movies, and I get, I can't wait to see you in the upcoming Hell Hath No Fury. That's right. We're going to talk about that and show some videos. And we got some people showing up here. Uh, Heather Love says, "Hey, fat samurai guy in the dojo army." Everybody saying hello. All right, let's go ahead and and, and get into it a little bit here. First off, how are you been, my friend? I've been very well. Very well. What have you been up to recently? Uh, just staying in shape, you know, doing the family thing. Like as I told you before, before the intro, you know, I just had a boy. So uh, congratulations. Planning on traveling a little bit and yeah. showing to my father and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Copy that. Copy that. But let's go down memory memory lane a little bit here. Hold on a second. Let me go ahead and bring up some things here. Hold on one second. All right. <laughs> All right, boom. Martial arts, man. Uh, so what got you into martial arts? I, I as, as, a, as a young kid, I had an, an excessive amount of, of energy. And, and my parents, they didn't know how, how to deal with me. So I had an older brother that was into judo. And at age four, after they took me to go and see a doctor and ask him, what should we do with this kid? He has so much energy. It's not normal it's excessive he said enroll him in sports and uh, growing up in europe the the popular sports are soccer or bicycle riding and stuff like that and that's what my dad really liked but he's I, I wasn't into those sports so i started doing judo at age four because i had a brother that was almost 13 years older i guess age four doing judo already <laughs> oh yeah. man that's how i got into the martial arts yeah. wow and then uh, then it kind of got progressed, hooked, right? you know, and yeah. at age nine, I got into karate and Kyokushin karate first. Oosh, oosh. Oosh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was 11 or 12, I think, something like that, that's when I started getting into like the Dutch styles of kickboxing and Thai boxing and all that stuff. Nice, nice. And, and one of my favorite fighters, uh, Boss Rutten, I'm sure you know who, who he is. I know Boss. I personally know him, actually. Oh, that, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Boss. And, yeah, uh, character. <laughs> yeah, I know. El Guapo. Yeah. El Guapo, yeah. Steven Quadros, all those guys, man. The Fight, oh, yeah, prof yeah. The fight Professor. Fight Professor. Yeah. Fans of those guys from Pride FC days, man. I used to watch I, uh, I love their commentary. Right, 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 right. When I first came to Los Angeles, I met Steven actually at the YMCA here in Hollywood. All right. Uh, he actually got me the job at the Jet Center because Benny the Jet was coming out of retirement. Okay. They needed a guy that specialized in Dutch style kickboxing and uh, Muay Thai. And Steven introduced me to the guys from the Jet Center. So he took me over there. They had me do some sparring with a couple of Benny's guys. And then Benny took me up to uh, to Big Bear to help him get ready for that fight. And I also kept working as a sparring partner for Benny's top fighters 
and taught uh, judo to some of the guys and, and jiu-jitsu to the boxer that was training there, Hector Lopez and those dudes. Nice. And Ricky O'Kane was uh, teaching him how to do kachakan wrestling and stuff like that. It was great times. But that's how far back Steven goes. You know, we're, wow. we're talking two dec- more than two decades. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I enjoyed their uh, commentary for Pride FC. The fights, you know, I, him and Boss were right, hilarious. Right. Yeah, they were playing well with each other. Oh, it was so yeah. funny. But Boss, he, you know, he's he's you know he's legit, and he always said that like, the best fighters or so some of the best kickboxers in the world come from Holland and you know Dutch. You know, you know he he represents. You know, like some of the best kickboxers sure. ever come from over there. Uh, but there's so many. There's great fighters all over all over the world. Uh, but speaking of kickboxing. So yeah, let's kind of bounce around here. So you, you did Burmese boxing, uh, a little well, bit of Thai, well, or when I, when I uh, was in the Foreign Legion, my first fight back because I had a really bad injury, and that's how I ended up in the Foreign Legion. Right. I wrecked my leg really, really bad, and I had a fracture in in, uh, in my hip to in in my. Uh... It was a car <laughs> accident, right? Yeah, 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 oh, and man. and. Then when I got out of the hospital, I didn't really know what to do with myself. It was kind of like, what am I going to do now? You know, the doctors told me no, no martial arts, full contact sports, we get kicked in the leg. Yeah. And that's when I started reading up, you know, about the foreign legion and all of that stuff. And that's how I ended up in the legion. But my uh, first leave when I was in the legion, I ended up going to Thailand. Okay. And uh, Sensei Smith, which is a Dutch kickboxing and kickboxing champion, him and Sensei Roberts, who's a South African judo guy, they set up a fight for me. It was a bare knuckle uh, kickboxing fight. Yeah. They didn't necessarily call it Burmese boxing because the fight was in Thailand, but it was bare knuckle and it was similar rules to Burmese. It was, you know, it was a five rounder. That fight was three minutes, and you could do headbutts and throws and stuff like that. Oh, so like a little bit of Lithway there. Like similar, a little, yeah. A little, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. So you're just getting back into the fight game. How cool is that? It was really, it was really strange because once I got to Thailand, Sensei Smith and Robert told me, "I said, Dominic, I think we messed up. Uh, they pushed the fight by, I think it was four or five days or something like that." Oh, okay. And I'm like, "F me, you know, I gotta go back to the Legion because right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be late if they push right. the fight." But I was already in Thailand. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I figure if I had to get back on a Friday around noon to Calvi, which is the place uh, on the island Corsica where the Legion is stationed, if I have to be back there by Friday, there's no way I'm going to make it back. Even if, if, you know, I I take the same day that I do the fight, I take the plane, I will get there Friday around midday or something like that. So once I got back to France, uh, I realized... F this, I'm just going to stay the, 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 the weekend in Paris, get drunk, have some fun, and go right. back on Monday. Because going back late on a Friday or getting there on a Monday, I'm going to get Legion jail time and maybe a beating anyway. Right, right, right. So I figured right. I'm going to stay in Paris. And while, while I was in Paris, uh, the show in Bercy was going on. The Nuit des Armes show, they call it. And uh, I was drinking, you know, already in the middle of the day as soon as I got back. And uh, I met some firefighters in the bar that were having fun too. And they said, oh, you know, we started chatting and stuff like that. They found out I was a legionnaire. And, and a lot of French people, they like legion guys. Sometimes right. they were afraid of them, but they like them at the same time, kind of. Yeah. So I got friendly with those guys, bought them a drink. They bought me a drink. They said, hey, we're doing, uh, we're doing the, 
the fireman security at the Bercy, the Nuit des Armes show, there's another Belgium that's going to be there. You know, we can get you in. And yeah. I told them I don't have tickets and stuff like that. They said, no, we'll put you in a fireman uniform and you can do the patrols with us, which is completely illegal. And those guys risks their jobs. They give wow. fireman uniform and all of that stuff. And I went backstage with them so that, so I could see the show. So while we were doing the patrols backstage, I bumped into with one of the firemen, to Jean-Claude Van Damme, because <laughs> right. he, he was there at the night, the Nuit des Armes show, to, to uh, promote his movie. In Europe, it was called Full Contact. But okay. in, uh, in America, the film was called Lionheart, I think. Okay. Oh, wow. Around Lionheart fun. time. So, right. so, you know, we bump into him. I talked to him a little bit in, in, in Flemish because that's a con- that's the it's like Dutch, the, the language that I the, that I grew up speaking. Okay. And I think he thought I was just one of the fireman guys. And he was kind of like, wait, this guy's a Belgian guy. He's working as a fireman in France. He had no clue was a legionnaire or anything like that. But we chatted right. a little bit and stuff like that. He gave me his phone number because he was staying at the George Five. Yeah. And uh, then he just went off to do his demonstration and all that stuff. Because like I said, he was promoting the movie uh, Lionheart. Right. And it's funny. When I went down to the place with the other fire guy where we could see the big screen uh, before he started doing his demonstration, on the big screen in that movie, Van Damme was playing a legionnaire that was AWOL, which was so bizarre. <laughs> and he was wearing the green beret of the two reps. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Airborne regiment, the only airborne regiment and special forces trained regiment uh, in the foreign legion. So I'm like, that, this is so bizarre. And then the next day I called him before I, I, I went back to Cal V. And he was still half asleep and groggy in his hotel room. <laughs> picking up the phone. I think he had a late night or something like that. But that was so bizarre, you know. And then I went wow. back to the real world, which which was the Foreign Legion, getting back to uh, Corsica and then doing my jail time and all of that stuff for being a couple of days late. Right, right, right. You know? Wow. Wow. He was running the band down. Are you a fan of a lot of his movies? Or are you kind of picky on which ones you like? Uh, I... I you know, because he is from my country too. I think what he has done is fantastic. It's it's unbelievable that a guy from a small country like that comes to America with no green card and all that stuff. So yeah, no, of yeah. course, and you know, oh I, yeah, being in in the industry for two decades, I know when you make it in this industry, you gotta have thick skin. You know, yeah, it, it's it's not a given. You gotta really work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's made some classics, man. Kickboxer, Bloodsport, all that stuff. Oh, all of that stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Classics. Yeah, like, and, and, and when I told the guys in the Legion, you know, this guy from my country, that you know, because I used to read articles about Van Damme when he was competing in semi-contact and contact karate in Belgium and in Europe and stuff. Right. He became a champion, and, and, and then he started uh, fighting in kickboxing. But the kickboxing without the low kicks, in, in Europe they call it Box American, which... Uh, which means American boxing, which is right. kickboxing, no low kicks, no elbows, and stuff like that. So I would see him sometimes in the same magazines in Belgium that did a write-up about me. And I knew who he was, but I didn't know he had become a movie star. But when I met him there, I was like, wow, this is pretty you know, good for the guy. That's very, very cool. Right. Now, that kickboxing record that they have of his that's on the internet, so uh-huh. that's all legit. I'm going to tell you right now, I know a lot of people say Van Damme might be not legit or stuff like that. Van Damme is legit. There you go. I, 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 I read stuff about Van Damme 
in newspapers and in, in magazines and stuff like that way before he became an actor. Yeah. Van Damme was a, I think it's called semi-contact, contact karate. He was Belgian European champion in that. Uh, and then he was second in the world championships. I think it was in Florida in Box American. You know, it was right. as amateur. He was the professional fighter in 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 the kickboxing. But Van Damme right. was a legit champion. He's a legit martial artist. I think what happened is, is when he came to the U.S., he started focusing more on lifting weights and stuff like mm. that. Movies, and he probably stopped yeah. sparring because when you're in, when, when you're in film, you don't want to get your face bashed in. Right, but Van Damme. Anyone that knows a little bit about martial arts, you can tell the guy's kicks are legit. You can't fake that. Oh, no, no. And the if power, Van Damme yeah. wanted to go pro in Box American, if he had worked on his hands a little bit, he could have done that like Bill Wallace did. Because Bill yeah. Wallace had great kicks. Superfoot. Superfoot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But to make those kicks work, you got to set that up with good English boxing. Right. You know, and right. all Van Damme had to do is to go work with a good boxing coach, and he would have done very well. And he would have make, made those kicks land because of the boxing. Right, right. What did you think of uh, his his Legionnaire movie? I I, I have to be honest with you. I never saw the Legionnaire movie. I saw most of his other stuff. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. He plays a boxer in that. Or yeah, I right. Yeah, and then he goes into it uh, the uh, the Legion later and becomes right. a Legionnaire. Right. So, I remember it being. I've only seen it once, but I remember it being entertaining. But it's right. been a long time. It, so. it was old school Legion, right? Like like the old Legion, not modern yeah. day Legion. I think it was period. It was a period piece, yeah. A period piece. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, there we go. We have. Uh... Check it out. No, now that you mentioned that again, what yeah. what, I, what I tell people here in America that I was the Foreign Legion or whatever, they're like, "Oh, uh, what's it? The Flying Deuces, Lauren Hardy." <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> no, it wasn't quite like that. But yeah. yeah. I I remember watching that movie as a kid with Laurel and Hardy and also <laughs> Bo, Bo Jest and all of these movies because in those days people made a lot of. I guess Hollywood was intrigued by the Foreign Legion. Right. Today, the Foreign Legion is it's a modern day fighting force that that is really unique to anything in the world, really. Right. And how long were you? Uh, did you serve? I did five years, sir. Yeah. Oh wow. wow. The minimum is five years. It's a five year contract. Uh, after after basic training, it's it's kind of you know when I when I joined up in the Legion, I stayed in Obang for a while. It's the place where where they do you background check and all of the stuff and we call the guys that that work with interpol we call them the gestapo because okay. they call the, like forced interrogations and stuff yeah, like that yeah, why yeah. not you're not lying and and, and it, even though they know who you really are already right. they still go to this whole process and then you do the physical obviously and 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 all the testing for about a month month and a half and they give you different colors if i remember well it goes from yellow to green green to red and then when you become red after the month or so, month and a half, sometimes two months, depending on if you have a criminal background, uh, you want to change your name, all of these things, you know, then they send you off to basic training, which is normally it's four months. But uh, we we had our basics under Captain Eberle was just a brutal captain. And oh, half wow. of the people that started it, we were about 80, I think, when we started uh, three months in, half of the guys dropped out that they couldn't they couldn't hack it. So they had to replace it from a different company to make a full company again to make us finish. And it was almost six months, our basic. 
And then you do at the end of the train of those basic training, you do the Kepi Blanc March and all of that stuff. Right. And then the top five guys, they can pick what regiment they go to. And of course, I wanted to go to the two rep because that's the legendary airborne special forces and commando train regiment in the Legion. Right. The elite, basically. But wow. It's the best regiment in the Legion. Wow. And I met some of the most interesting individuals in there. Like, yeah. compared to the celebrities that I met in Hollywood and working with the celebrities, <clears throat> these guys had some real interesting stories. Oh, man. Just, and you just, tell a lot of that in your book, correct? I, I do, but the book, The Iron Circle, it's not all fact. And I mentioned that in probably in about 12 or so interviews before. Uh, when Rick and I originally wrote this book, it was all factional. But okay. that company before this company that wanted to publish it, they started changing a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. And, and, and I wasn't happy by the way it was going. So I told them, okay, since you're changing so much of the book, why don't we make it a fiction book then? And they didn't like that at all. So they put on it. Send a new company. The company that ended up publishing uh, came in. And Rick and I went in, and we changed all the fictional BS and and made it fact again. All right. And then those guys, before it got published, never proofread the book because I was out of the country. I think it was working commercial or something in Europe. Then I realized same thing happened again. They didn't touch the Legion stuff because back then there was very little on the internet about the foreign Legion, but the martial arts stuff, they made it like a Hollywood B movie, which I was really pissed off about. Oh, wow. Because the real stuff, I was really part of an elite Budo karate group. Yeah. And that was so much cooler than the way they made it like a B movie, fighting guys from different styles that we had a world open in Budapest, but we weren't fighting guys from different styles. Right. They were right, all right. people that were within the Kundukan Karate Budu group. And that had no relation to the Okinawan uh, Junukan or Kyudukan groups. Those are different karate groups, too, that are mainly focused on Goju Ryu. Yeah. The Kundukan Budu group under Mikio Sensei. Uh, it combined Goju Ryu and other karate styles, but also old school Kodokan Judo and Kito Ryu Jiu Jitsu. So oh, wow. all of the guys within the group had to be brought in, have a background in 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 karate and and Judo, and right. then be invited in by people that were already in. But it was really hardcore, full contact, bare knuckle. Ooh. But let just like it says in the book, we weren't fighting guys from other styles. That's, right. that's the other writers that came in that quote unquote came to clean things up or script doctorate and they messed it up. It sounds like they just watched Bloodsport and they're like, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> A friend of mine mentioned that. He said these idiots must watch Bloodsport and thought, you know, yeah. They, they, they loved you in Mortal Kombat and they were like, hey, Mortal Kombat, yeah, let's yeah, use yeah, that plot yeah, synopsis. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, even though you oh, go ahead. You know, the book is still a really good read. Okay. It's entertaining. And all of the stuff uh, that is Legion or my childhood, they didn't touch on that stuff. Good. All because, right. Like I said, back then, there was nothing on the internet about the Legion. It was a very mysterious organization. So they kept the way the story that's spot on. So that's all still legit. That's legit. Oh, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, even though you're still in shape and you're still a badass, do you miss competing? Uh, well, f- after the war in Yugoslavia, I-, I went to Thailand, and I loved the competition. Don't get me wrong. I loved the preparation. I loved the discipline. I loved the fighting. 
what I didn't like was the slimy promoters and managers. Once you start winning fights and they try to sign you up for two and three and four years or whatever, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, I, I was living in the boxing camps in Thailand to forget about the, the, the memories in my mind, the memories of from Yugoslavia, from the Legion, right. and all that stuff. It was like a decompression chamber for me, living in the yeah. camp, training, the discipline. On weekends, I would sometimes go out to go to the temple. I got into Buddhism and all of that stuff. That was all very, very cool. But after a while, they kept pushing me so much, the, the slimy promoters and managers, to sign me up that I thought, you know, you know I'm done with this. And that's when I came to the, to the United States and started my life here. Right. And, you know, I ended up in movie industry by fluke, really. You know. Oh, wow. Okay. So it wasn't like a, a, a goal. It just kind of happened. Well, to, to be honest with you, sir, I, the skills that I learned in the Foreign Legion, they don't apply to anything really in civilian life. If I first came here, I could have got my green card and maybe become a cop, but that's not my character. I'm not a volatile individual that wants to give tickets to people for jaywalking and stuff like that. That's right. not who I am. The, the, the other work or job that would apply to would be security work, which I did for a little while, but it doesn't pay very much. And when you work for celebrities doing bodyguard work, it's like babysitting. I have some of my friends that still do it that back then when we first came out, we were working together. Uh, we were working at clubs like the gate and stuff like that. And we we're working for celebrities, but it's not a job that pays very much. And it's not a job that is exciting. You know, the movie industry, it's always different. It's exciting. It's very difficult, but it's the only place really where those military skills I can apply to action film because yeah. uh, to edit anything in real life, and I don't want to go back to private military contracting or independent work. I'm married now. I have a, I have a young kid. You know, those yeah. days are over. Yeah. Copy that. Uh, Joe here. Shipley says, what an amazing guest. <laughs> you got Thanks. the fans showing up here. Thanks, That's Joe. Nice. I appreciate that, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Your martial arts journey, you know, it's pretty awesome story. And look at this guy, look at this guy, no wires, no wires. Is this one, uh, was this your, is this one of your, is this your, uh, sensei? That's my current sensei now. That's, uh, Gomio Hiroshi sensei. He's a, he's an unbelievable, uh, karateka who, uh, approaches karate, uh, as a Budo karateka too. He was the top student under uh, Yoshiaku Chujikawa. And Chujikawa was uh, nine done directly under Ken Mabuni, who created Shidurio Karate. And uh, Chujikawa was the only one under Mabuni that kept it Budo karate. All the other top students of Mabuni, they changed even his own kids and they made it into like sports karate. Yeah, Chuzikawa Sensei, he kept it real hardcore Budo karate, and and Gomio Hiroshi was the top student of Chuzikawa Sensei, so it comes direct from that lineage, you know. Right, copy that. Um, it's, not, it's not the karate like when people think of karate here in America, they think of the kids in the in in the dojos doing kata and screaming and stuff like that, right? No, which they're like daycare centers, you know. It, yeah, it, pretty much. We're talking about really <laughs> hardcore karate, right? That, I have, I have to admit that whether it's the Kundukan Karate Budo group or the Godujuku group with Gomio Hoshi Sensei, uh, those groups, it's as brutal but more technical than Thai boxing. 
because Thai boxing, it, it's very basic. When you look at it at the score, it's very brutal and it's very effective. But the old school karate, if it's taught right, it has a lot more techniques than you will find even in, in, in Muay Thai. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So is, it's this very, still, is this still happening here? March with the Devil? That That's a documentary. That's out. I think it's available on Amazon. I'm not oh. sure. Okay, so just check Sam, Amazon. Sam King uh, directed that, but it's very artsy. It does you know? It shows some of my Legion pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's more of an art piece than than a hardcore Legion documentary. Salmon gotcha. King did that before he passed away from cancer. With oh, with sorry with to hear that. Lynch, sorry, yeah. sorry to hear that. So this is just kind of like a little taste. It's a little taste. Okay. Uh, talks. It's like a long interview, really. But it that's oh. some cool stuff. All right, I'll yeah. still try to check it out. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, of course, my introduction to you, and, and it was funny because when I had, when I was, uh, did the trailer reaction with Jesse B. Johnson last week, uh, right? Um, I was, I mentioned it to him. I was just like, so I, now that I have the legend here, everybody, man, when, when Mortal Kombat came out <laughs> and it came to that scene in the banquet scene with Sub Zero's over here, and this badass came out. <laughs> this guy and and did did like some amazing shadow boxing and it was just like it was so fast what was that like eight movements in one second like it was ridiculous and was, all, me and all my friends the road back then that was my first job in, in the movie industry. <laughs> <laughs> me and my friends was like sub zero would have got his ass whooped like we said that in the you know when we got out of the theater we still say it now we still talk about it now we're like there was no way Sub-Zero, that's why he had to cheat. You know what I'm saying? He had to be way over there and cheat. Yeah, it was like, no way. He was going to get destroyed. Uh, but yeah, how was well, did you meet? Did you meet, <laughs> did, did you meet Jesse V. Johnson here on the set of Mortal Kombat, or you guys met up later? No, yes, sir. That's what we met. Jesse and I met on Mortal Kombat, and we hit it off right away because he's into film. He's into a lot of the old uh, classics like myself, uh, nice. Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, you know, all of the, you know, the, and we liked a lot of the similar stuff. And, and uh, we just hit it off. And we both, you know, when I did Mortal Kombat, I had the bug. I'm like, I'm like you know what? This is one of the, what I want to do for the rest of my life. I survived all this crazy stuff in the Legion. You know, this, this is what I want to do. And I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. You know, Jesse and I, over the years, we kept working together. You know, we started off doing little reels together, uh, doing a short film, then the first feature film, The Honorable, all that stuff. And we just kept working together. Nice, nice, nice. And it's just, it's awesome. You, you guys work well, work great together. It's like every time I watch Jesse's movies, I was like, there's Dom. Taking <laughs> ass, taking names. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait. Oh, what? He's in, he's in, he's in, he's in the chat. Jesse's in the chat right here. There What's is. going on, brother? Hope you're doing well, my friend. <laughs> the real thing. The legend. Love Dom. Have him talk about his character in Hell Hath No Fury. We're leading up to it. We're leading up to it. We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And definitely enjoyed you in this. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, you started getting in the industry and doing stunt work and stuff like that and martial arts work. Uh, your, the best fight in barbed wire was your, was your fight, by the way. Like that whole action oh, sequence. So. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, everything else, nobody cared about anything. Like in terms oh. of like the, and, and like an action sequence. Like this was the best part. This was like the most intense part of that movie, man. Your fight, obviously. No, <laughs> no big surprise there. Uh, 
So this uh, the death row tournament here. This was the the short you guys made, right? That was the short we did together after we did some reels and stuff together. Yeah, that was the and after that we realized we should have just done a feature instead of just doing a short, and that's why we decided to do the honorable next. Yeah. Right or the the doorman, right? The doorman was the original title. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I had fun with it. Uh, let's see here, but the one where I was just like. All right, I gotta try to do my best to follow this guy's career. Was when I came across this little badass hardcore gem right here, <laughs> Pit Fighter man, Pit Fighter. I was like, what? I was like, what is Pit Fighter? I gotta rent this. Many moons ago, that was. Awesome. I know, and I rented it, and I immediately went out and bought it. Like it was, I was like, this dude is legit in this movie. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> who yeah. is this guy? This dude is badass. Pitfire was supposed to be the film that put me on the map, and it did in a way. Uh, once Spike picked it up and started running on Spike a lot, and they kept running it and running it and running it. I remember one day I was walking down the street, and these two people uh, they started following me on the street, and they called me with my name, "Hey, Vandenberg, Dominic," you know, and I'm like, "Holy f!" So I, in my mind, I'm like, "Are those people from my past?" that maybe are related to some of the stuff that I was doing in Yugoslavia or stuff that I was doing with the Leeds. Right. So it kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> and then when I was offered to do Pit Fighter 2 and stuff like that, I, I kind of stepped back a bit from the whole thing because I, back then I didn't know, am I ready for this? Because my background, it's not a Hollywood made a background. That's right. real stuff. Right. That's, that's, that's real, some of it bad stuff. Right. So I was thinking maybe I shouldn't, get out there, my name out there like that, and people that maybe were my enemy combatants and, and they can easily find me. Right, gotcha. And that's why I kind of backed off of the whole thing a bit and stepped back, got into real estate and did other stuff. And, and then I realized now, a couple of years ago, you know what? I'm just going to give it my all and do my own movie. That's when we did The Mercenary, the movie Jesse directed before Hell Had yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna and get I'm, to I'm, that I'm, as well. Give it a hundred percent now, you know, and and just go for it. You know, yeah. it took, it took real guts for me to join the Legion, but it took more guts to leave the place because at the end of my contract in the Legion, you know, in the Legion you just have to be ready for war at any given notice. Right. But other than that, you're taken care of, and and you belong to a family that will never abandon you, no matter what how hard things get. And in civilian life, that is very, very difficult to find. So yeah. leaving that place for me was very difficult. And that's when I got a call from an officer that was my, he was my superior officer doing an intervention in Rwanda before the genocides went, went down over there. Yeah. He called me after my Legion contract was done. He says, Dominic, you want to come and work for SAD NATO and, and come on as a support sniper? We go in after these Serbian death squads. And, and I had been back in Belgium for a couple of weeks already, and I, I didn't belong there. Like right. all my friends that I went to high school with, my, my path was a completely different path. I couldn't relate to anybody. And, and uh, I had severe social, started getting social anxiety because yeah. you had that feeling like you don't belong in this place. Yeah. That's when I started going back and, and doing the independent work until, until after the war in Yugoslavia when I, Ended up leaving to Thailand, right? And then slowly it, you started to get comfortable, little by little, little by little, right? But when I first came to America, I I had a really nice apartment, 
not after I lived, I lived at the YMCA first, then I lived in the hood for a little while. And it was funny when I lived in the hood, I was training at the jet center. One of these kickboxers asked me, say, Don, where do you live, man? You know, so I live there. And then he goes, dude, that's the hood. And I never heard that word, the hood before. Because yeah. in Europe, the bad neighborhoods, we refer to them as ghettos. Right. And I didn't know that the place that I was living until I moved in, in the daytime, guys were selling crack right in front of my house and stuff. Right. You know? It's like, oh, I guess this neighborhood isn't that kosher. You know? <laughs> and then little by little, then I moved to a really nice apartment. But that, you know, even when I moved to the really nice place, I, I didn't have furniture in my place. And sometimes I, I had that anxiety where I would go down to Skid Row and sleep on Skid Row, even though... I had close to a million dollars in my bank account from doing independent jobs. Right. Wow. Just didn't belong. Going to the grocery store, my hands would start sweating. I think people are looking at me all the time and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I would go to there because the crazy homeless people and the druggies and the mentally ill, they had the same eyes that I had. I didn't have to pretend to be anything else. Right. I was accepted there. Right. This is bizarre. You know? I know that's maybe strange. Wow. You know? Yeah. But look at you now. You got a son. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, things are looking up, man. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to the we'll get to the mercenary in a second here. But you got Brandon Lewis here saying big fan. There we go. Let's see here. Uh, Jesse here says even when he's not in my movies, he's there because I base most of my characters on him. <laughs> You're there in spirit, Dom. <laughs> This guy. Oh man. And uh AJ Mason says, Pit Fighter made me a fan. There you go. Got some got some people showing some love. All yes. right, let's keep it going here. All right, so I I was always a fan of this movie, uh an animated film, Beowulf. And you helped with some of the fight choreography, right? Yes. Uh, I was a, I was originally hired as the after Gangs of New York, I could have done anything as a coordinator. Right. I didn't like uh, doing coordinating or fight choreography very much, you know, it's right, right, right. it's as much as a cheerleader job as it is a choreography or coordinating job. You gotta kiss ass of the celebrities a little bit, and I'm not very good at that. Yeah. You know, I say it as it is, and usually they can't handle that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. After gangs, I didn't take any of those jobs. I took Beowulf many years later. I was up against uh, Master Wu Ping. Actually, he was up for the same job. But oh I, wow. Yeah, I ended up getting it probably because it was cheaper than him, you know. <laughs> and I took the job because I had I had friends that that hadn't worked that much, and I knew I would be able to hire those guys if I, right. you know, I came on as a fight choreographer. But I had stunt coordinators and all of the stunt guys and stuff like that, so I could help a lot of people. And and uh, a buddy of Jesse and I, Garrett, you know, he had just had some issues and he was in the hospital for a while and all that stuff. So I brought him him on too and 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 right. that's why i took the job no now i would go back to choreography because i have a kid now so i have to think <laughs> in a different way but yeah. back then I, I wasn't pursuing that at all right 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 well let's show a little clip here i'm trying to bring it up of the, some of the beowulf uh choreography it was pretty fascinating to check it out here let's go ahead and show and you can add your commentary to it it's really quick it's like a minute sure let me go ahead and uh bring it up here so the chat could follow along here. Let's check this out. There we go. Blow it up. All right. So was this a long process? Uh, I think the whole movie was about five or six months. There was some pickup stuff. 
there was there was some rehearsal stuff before, but it, like I said, it was not one of my favorite projects because we right, were, right, we were in this smoke cap environment where you're in this little area the whole time, and it wasn't. Yeah. When, when I'm on a set, and I'm sure Jess will agree with me like that, I like to smell the blanks when you fire guns. Yeah, so I, yeah, I like yeah. to, you know, smell the sweat of people. And in those cold environments that mocap is, you yeah. don't. It's it's a very, it's very different. Not not a real environment. I like to really feel and be there when I'm on set. Right, man, you got wire work and everything going here. <laughs> this is crazy. All right. All of, all of each experience brings a different memory, brings a different thing. And in the end, like I said, I have no regrets in my life. Very few right. people can say, yeah. I, I, you know, I should have done this. But even from the mistakes that I made in my life, and yeah. I've made plenty of them, it gave me wisdom in a weird sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each time you learn a little bit and, and you move on and try to learn whether it's a good or a bad experience and try if it's a bad experience try to not have it happen right right this is still phenomenal stuff though man thanks thanks i really nice. appreciate that nice and let's also let's have some more fun here i want to go back to let's get into this here I've been watching some Iron Maiden there. Hold on. <laughs> I used to listen to those guys when I was a teenager, rocking out on it. Hey, all right, all right. Doing my shadow boxing something. Hey, hey, that's why you're. That's why you're my guy. All right. So before I play this for chat, that's watching. Uh, you want to explain uh, the concept of what the this this prison fight put together and what was what was this all about? Uh, this was a character that Jess and I created, and it was really for a 3D test. For a, it was for an AR VR company that at the time was uh, I was an, an executive board member, Magic Leap Studios, maybe you heard. Yeah. And we were doing that in 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 the hopes of, of getting the real action, you know, VR, AR, and stuff, get that going, but with real live action. Right. All right. And the Let's character, you know, is this Russian. Yeah. I think the show he's about to break out of jail. Copy that. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was phenomenal, but I just wanted to show it to chat so they can at least uh, check it out and you can give your commentary over it. I'm going to I'm going to we'll be able to hear the sound, but the sound will be turned off uh, for them. But okay. let's go and have some fun with this one. But yeah, this was phenomenal, man. This was great. Thanks. Appreciate that. Look at this guy. How long did all of this take? Is this this video is like ten minutes, almost ten minutes? If I recall well, and you might have to double check with Jess, I think we did that in a day and a half or something like that. Okay. And that fireball that you just saw there surpassing yeah. me, that yeah. burned the f out of me. Oh shit! The, the the ceiling was so low, and the special yeah. effects guy set the bomb off too early. Right. So when the fire comes past me, that's not CGI. That that's real fire coming past oh, me. Oh shit! Actually, I had second and third degree burns all yeah. over my shoulders and back. Oh my god! And, uh, when the fire passed me, you can see I was throwing my arms up, and that prevented my ears from getting burned off because the oh. soft on my ears it would have burned that off if I didn't have my arms up. That that reaction. Oh my god! Uh, that day we had the ambulance come. 
I was outside in the ambulance for about a half an hour or so that the, the, yeah. they treated me and then I went straight back and we finished off. But uh, the when I came home at night and I took my shirt off, like new layers of skin were coming off with it. It was pretty badly burned. Oh, my God. Well, and I'm I still okay. marks on my back from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, that that place where we shot was kind of a haunted place. People were telling me was this like mental hospital downtown? Oh, really? Like mental hospital or something? I forgot the name of it. Right. But but it was like, and it was spooky when you go all the bottom. And, and <laughs> they had all these beds still there where they used to tie the people to the beds. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Oh my god. Confirmations and stuff that yeah. they're mentally ill. Yeah. They would keep, put them in ice beds and stuff like that. It was really right. eerie place. Now, all these stunt guys you're working with, uh, these guys, have, you guys worked with this in Jesse's That's, movies before? Yeah, it's China McCoy right there in that scene. Okay. He's, the, he's the protect the guy that I fight in the twice, I guess, in Pit Fighter. Right. He, he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the main nice. main guy that I fight in Pit Fighter. Put on that rear right. naked there. A lot of a lot of the guys, I you know, Jesse and I work with our old friend Luke LaFontaine a lot. You know, yeah. Luke, Luke LaFontaine is a solid dude, and, and he, he will go on he will go, you know, beyond what what's asked from from anyone. Cool, cool cap, really. Nice. So, so like this here, this angle, this shot would have really benefited the 3D effect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff, you know. If if those guys magically had jumped on that, it could have been something very, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that in 3D. That was pretty awesome. I'm, you know what? I'm loving the squibs, man. I am loving. The beautiful oh. bloody squibs. Je- Jesse's guys love the big blockhead squibs, and and those mother efforts when they set them off, you could feel it on your chest. <laughs> it's it's not like really getting shot. Those experiences yeah. too. <laughs> I got blasted and you saw. Oh, it. that was nice and, right and, there. But it it still gives you a good good impact. Those big squibs that Jesse likes to put on. <laughs> Jesse knows he can push the envelope with me, you know. So. <laughs> So you, know, you didn't really have to act that much. You didn't really have to act that much. You just felt the impact. It was... He's like, oh, Dom, that animal. Just put some bigger squibs on him. When, when, when did this? I love that right there when you hit pound the ground. That's great. Uh, boom. Love that. When, when when did this come out again? When did you do this? Oh, I, I think that was. You have to double check me on okay, that. Okay, I'll have to double was, check. I think it was uh, 213. Something like 2013. that. 2013? Because to oh, be honest, yeah, man, yeah, to be honest, oh, God. That was like 50-hit combo right there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what did you? What did Phil do to you, man? Oh, <laughs> beat up Steve and Hank? Oh. <laughs> Take that, Hank. Um, <laughs> um, no, the only reason I'm asking, because I'm wondering... If the Netflix series, the Netflix Punisher series, I, actually it was Daredevil season three mm-hmm. on Netflix, they have a prison fight, and it's all one take, and this is kind of right. reminding me of it. I wonder if they saw this man. I I saw a movie with I forgot what the name is, but it was with Jason Statham and The Rock in it, and there was a few sequences in there that looked just like the sequence. Oh, that's there. right. You're right. The thing I didn't see the whole movie, right. but someone mentioned it to me, and then I watched, I looked it up on YouTube, and I'm like, wow, yeah. it looks like they they they, uh, they watched your stuff, and maybe they yeah, must have, man, borrowed is... a little bit from it. <laughs> you know? 
So right now, even though you're holding him up, you're still feeling the impact from the squibs. Not the squibs that are on him, you don't feel. But when they they put them on your chest, that's when they, they put bigger loads on it. Right. You, you you can feel it. You oh. know, like in Hell Hat No Fury, the squibs that they put on, I I could you know, that I I could feel those mother efforts. Nice. I can't wait to talk about that when we get to it. I'm sorry, I just had to show this to Chad. No, no, no. Commentary. Holy, holy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you did. You know, you, the whole research. I really appreciate it. You know, most most people they just go straight to whatever they're they're promoting. But yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to show all this stuff. Yeah, man, you got a all legacy, people, my friend. People will go back and look at that. You know? Hell yeah, this is amazing. That's an interesting camera angle. I like that camera angle. Man, this brings back memories, I gotta tell you. <laughs> this is phenomenal, man. Like this is this is phenomenal. Like this is great. This is great stuff. Terry, no. Yeah, that was actually I think that was a youth prison, that area where we were filming in. Yeah. That was shut down or something. Ooh. That was a reform prison or something for knee kids i think all right that was a cool space to film in actually this was a bad day to be a prison guard (laughs) 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 you know what this is this is one of those whoever survives this it's like super hot day we were filming that (laughs) and those poor bastards were in those heavy outfits Uh, a couple of them passed out actually because they were wearing all that gear and it was a super super hot day and a couple of the dudes they they went woozy you know because they're in these hot blackouts right right so they got dehydrated huh yeah yeah look at that yeah who whatever guards survive this you know it's going to be one of those do don't tell anyone this happened (laughs) (laughs) you can see the marks there on my shoulders yeah those are real burns from that burn the dom pose (laughs) (laughs) boom now we got the music pumping up a little bit what's this song from that was a a french rap song that jesse found somewhere oh all right yeah uh french i'm pretty sure it was a french lady rapper all right i can dig it can't hold dom down son (laughs) it's not it's just a matter of time boom you're gone Oh, yeah! Those guys earned their their keep that day. A, a lot of those, because it was three D, the filming. Yeah, yeah. It had to be real contact on the guys. Not oh wow, real not contact. contact nice, hundred percent. But at a good fifty percent, because uh, the way it was shot, if you don't make contact, you know, it, it would read on camera on on three D. Right, right. Distance, you know. This guy gotcha. took a kick on, this, on the top of his helmet. So you really, really make an impact on these guys. I, wow. I do, like I said, I don't go. Right. I'm not trying right. to not be sport. Oh, out, kicking I, it. I make some contact because if you don't, the camera would read that you're not making contact. Look at that, it's showing off. Look at that. 
Nice. That was phenomenal, my friend. Man, that brings back memories. That was phenomenal. <laughs> and this and this one fight was better than the entire movie of Snake Eyes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all I'm week, folks. Movie, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was phenomenal. I just wanted to share that with chat there. But uh yeah, we'll briefly talk about your uh, gangs of New York. Uh uh, what you call involvement. So you had to train, did, did you train just the main stars or you did, you choreographed the fights as well? Uh, I choreographed the fights with some other people. There was a local guy from Italy and some other people. Okay. Uh, I had previously worked with, uh, uh, Andy Armstrong on, on a Tim Burton, uh, Timex campaign and Andy Armstrong really hit it off with me and he liked the stuff that I was doing. And he recommended me to his brother, Vic Armstrong, who is a legendary, you know, Hollywood stunt coordinator, yeah. director, everything. Vic, Vic is just a legend. And uh, they were looking at American ex-commandos and special forces guys, too. Yeah. But uh, a lot of these guys, they didn't know about the period styles that they're using back then in the 1800s. And uh, I, as a kid, had trained in, in catch wrestling because the, the, the butcher's father that I was an apprentice on when I was going to to butcher apprentice school he was a catch wrestler and he showed he 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 taught me catch wrestling so i i before i got the job for gangs of new york i did these tapes to send to scorsese and he watched them and he loved the stuff because i had done my research of what the period styles were and yeah. i originally i i wanted to teach leonardo savat de rue it's called which is an old school uh, French kickboxing right. or savat, savat they, yeah. they call it savat de rue, which means the the savat of the streets in which you can headbutt and eye gouge and all that stuff. Right. But Leo, uh, he, he had had the surgery on his leg, so he couldn't do the savat moves. So that's why I decided to teach him uh, old school bare knuckle boxing and then nice. can wrestling. You know, as two of the styles. Nice, and, nice. And Daniel, I trained in knife fighting and stuff like that, and. and right you know, got those guys ready to choreograph everything and, and, and do all of the fights. Uh, Liam, uh, he had just come of a motorcycle accident, so he could barely walk. Oh, So okay. we were very limited of what we could do in the fight scene between Liam Neeson and Daniel Day-Lewis because he, he, he had this motorcycle accident where he got badly, badly hurt. And right. even though we had two or three doubles for, for Mr. Neeson, uh, sometimes... Uh, you cannot show because of the camera angles. You have to really use Liam. So we were very, you know, limited of what we could do with him because his movement, because of the accident, but it was right. very limited. Wow, wow. Well, all, yeah. the, all the fighting combat and everything was, was phenomenal in Gangs of New York, man. It was really good stuff, brutal, violent. Thanks. This Thanks. character, man, I'm telling you, this might, <laughs> this might be my favorite character that uh, Daniel Taylor has played. The butcher. Just, the butcher man is just Daniel is a very very disciplined individual that guy would show up you know I, I would go to the gym before I go to set at like five in the morning yeah sometimes I would get there at five and he would already be there skipping rope mm. he had trained uh, with a professional boxer for this boxing movie that he'd done before the boxer yeah 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 and and uh, it would be just me in the gym and you know we would talk about you know, the knife fighting and all the stuff. And he would ask me, he was actually one of the first people to read my biography when it was factual still before they published it. Right. Right. And he read it and he really, you know, enjoyed it. He told me. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. So it, was, it was cool working with Scorsese. Yeah, M- Marty, you know, not not kissing ass here because I said no to all other jobs that, that, that I was offered with him yeah. after. I, I really enjoyed working with Marty and you know he's one of the all-time greats. Obviously, oh. it was, was was really, really a great experience. Thanks yeah. to Vic Armstrong, of course, who, who you know, I always have to be grateful to that. Vic and Andy Armstrong were the guys that brought me in. Yeah. Shout out to the Armstrongs. Oh yeah. And, yeah Scorsese's guys. movies are just amazing. Like really Yeah, that was that was a trip. You know, we, we were there for I think it was about ten months or something like that in Italy. Which wow. was which was wow. pretty awesome. And in the morning, before I go to the gym on set, I would go for long runs on the old Appian Way, and those were the same roads the gladiators would take into Rome before getting to the Colosseum. You know, and it, it running on those roads and thinking in my head what yeah. these guys might have been thinking on their way to the Colosseum. Right. You know, it, it was like just a, a great feeling. Yeah. You know. Copy that. Copy that. Um, we got alien agent here. That's right. Yep. You're, a badass. You're a badass in this man. Sartak. 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 Uh Alien Agent. We got uh the Hitman Diaries yep. and uh Green Street Hooligans too. This was a fun fight. I love this opening fight here. I forgot about that, man. I've been doing so much stuff with Jesse, I realize, you know. And uh the perfect sleep. I enjoyed that yep. fight with the big man there. I liked your dialogue with him. You're like, you move, you move pretty good for a big man, but yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna end it now. It was something cool like that. And then I love how you, after you beat him and knocked him out, you did a little shadow boxing. Right, right. That was cool. Uh, yeah, he just Gary Oldman off. did a whole skit on that movie. It's on the internet somewhere. Gary oh, really? Oldman. Yeah. You should look up Gary Oldman and Bass Root and talking about the perfect sleep. There's a whole skit that they did. It's funny. It's oh, funny. I gotta see. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Beating uh, up on a dummy. Yeah. And Gary <laughs> oh, I gotta see that. Oh my god. god. Oh, how funny is oh I gotta watch that. So out of uh uh Alien Agent, the Hitman, Diaries, Green Street Hooligans 2, and the Perfect Sleep. Any of those you have like this one, this one this one here is one of my favorite fight scenes I've done. Uh oh, they're all kind of equal. That, that's a tough, you know. That's, that's tough, it, huh? It's, it's tough <laughs> on the back, you know. Because a, lot, a, a lot of times, you want one, when you do independent films or lower budget films, you don't have the time that you should be having to do yeah. what you really want to do. Right. And then you go work as a coordinator or, or whatever, or actor on the really big movies where you have all the time in the world, but then you have a star that has two left feet that doesn't want to do the practice. Right. Or, or and. You, here you have 10 days to shoot one fight scene, but you have yeah. a big star actor that doesn't want to put in the time to rehearse and do all that stuff. So it's kind of it's a give and yeah. take kind of thing, you know? I'll say it's all equal. I'll give you a break. <laughs> you enjoyed all of them. You enjoyed all the fights. Um, speaking of masters that are, you know, masters of their masters of their craft, how did you hook up with Yuen Wu-Ping, man? With True Legend. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got a call... Uh, from a friend of mine, God, I'm blanking right now. Big Mike, Big Mike. Big Mike called me and he says, uh, Dom, you want to come out to China and do a fight scene with the main character in this new Wu Ping movie? Yeah. And I'm like, China, mm, not that keen going out there for that long and stuff like that. But he said, he said, yeah, uh, 
David Carradine is in the movie. And I'm like, wow, I used to watch the Kung Fu series. <laughs> so my nerd came out in me. I was like, oh, man, I got to do this. So I said, I said to Big Mike, I said, okay, Big Mike, you know, just, just sign me up, whatever it is. I can get beat up by a tranny or whatever. You know, I don't care. <laughs> you know, do, do whatever you need to do to me. I'll, I'll come down and I can hang out with, with, with David Carradine a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty funny. We were, we were, I, the, the thing on the movie is that the, they didn't use me more. I got really sick on that movie. Oh, okay. Like, like the first day that I got to China, I went on like – uh, a run and I got lost a little bit and ended up being a two hour run coming from California there in the mountains, super cold. And I just had like a tank top on. Yeah. Yeah. So the second or third day that I was there, I got sick and, and, uh, they wanted to give me medicine and stuff like that, but I'm not big on taking medicine. I didn't want to take any medicine. Right. And then the virus or the cold, whatever it is that I had turned into full blown pneumonia. So by oh, the time goodness. it was time for me to start doing my fight scenes, I could barely walk. I was that sick. Right, right. And, oh and my God. I had, well, by the by the time the movie was uh, my 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 stuff was done. When I flew back on the plane, I thought I was gonna croak of being on the plane. I thought I was not gonna make it back to L.A. I felt that sick. Oh my goodness! So when I got to L.A., I went to to my doctor here right away, and they did the X-rays and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I had I had uh, spots on my lungs the size of quarters. You know, it had turned into full-blown pneumonia. Oh, my God. My doctor my doctor told me, says, Dominic, if you stayed there a week longer, you, you would have probably died from that virus and pneumonia that you have. Wow. So I, oh I get back God. home, and, and my wife saw me. I lost, like, 10 pounds or, or something like that. And I was in bed for, like, two – for me to be in bed for two or three days yeah. on vacation, it, it takes a lot because I'm kind of a guy when I get sick. I eat some oranges. Yeah. I think the same way that in, if I'm not sick, I hit the back still every day for an hour and a half and go running in the morning and at night right. just sparring or whatever. I do right. the same thing, sick or not sick, but I was knocked out in bed, like just oh. really, really sick. But that being said, the memory of drinking vodka with David Carradine on set at 9 a.m. in the morning, that was priceless. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he had a flask in his pocket. He goes, hey, dummy. He's like waving me over. What's going on, Mr. Carradine? And he goes, here. You know, and we we would take shots of vodka at 9 a.m. on the set. You know, it's like yeah. that's you badass. Did, you, actually did, you started calling him Kane. You know, later. You know, like, Kane, like, how you doing? My head, I'm like, holy crap! I'm I'm talking to to Kane, the guy that I watched on the Kung Fu series yeah. when I was like 10 years old or something like that. You're I'm talking having to, a conversation. You're talking to Bill. Yeah, you're yeah. talking to Bill. <laughs> it's like, it kind of a surreal moment. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. That's at least you got a good story out of it. That and killing James Caan in another uh, movie that Jesse brought me on, where I think he was a stunt coordinator on that. If I'm not mistaken, you should double check with him. Okay. It was a movie called For the Love of Money. It was a female director, and Jesse said, "Hey, Dom, you want to come and kill James Caan for me?" <laughs> when, he t- when he told me that, and I'm like, "James Caan did something wrong to you, Jesse?" In my head, you know, the, the, you know, the old soldier comes out. <laughs> You know, he goes, oh, no, no, Dom, in the movie, the movie. <laughs> I said, sure, come me in. And that was a cool scene. You bust in the door and shoot James Scott when he's in the bed. And I'm like, hey, man, I got to kill James Scott from the gut You know, it's like, that was, that was a really cool moment. Oh, wow, wow. That's a, it's a trophy for your, your, your fireplace <laughs> there, man. Oh, how funny is that? Hey, hey, if Jesse's still watching, he should just bring you to every meeting. Every industry meeting he has, <laughs> bring you with him, and you just you don't say anything. You just stand there. 
just like, there. Whatever. whatever you want, Jesse. <laughs> whatever you want here. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, I when I go on the set and stuff, I it sometimes doesn't seem real. I understand I'm a blue collar actor. Two decades of struggle, auditions, lots of rejection. Yeah. I'm still that guy on the set. The producer walks right past me to shake the hand of that better known actor or star that is standing right next to me. And in some people's mind, I'm just that small part B-movie actor, a failure really by Hollywood standards. But what nobody talks about is that by losing and feeling what it's like to fail, you really find out what you are made of. It will bring the best out in you and show your real character. Show what you're made of in bad times, you know. You know, people that have easy success, fame and money, that will never teach you that. And in the end, you know, it will leave you real prepared for the tragedy that life really is. And it will hit you so much harder in the abyss of old age and when your end is near than a guy that had to come up struggling like that. You know, deep down, I'm glad that I came up the way and that it took that long for me because right. a lot of my Legion brothers and, and, and guys that I worked as an independent with, they're not here anymore. When I joined the Legion, you know, I, I was prepared to finding a good debt, you know, for a two rep Legionnaire, a, a good debt is supposed to be the warrior's greatest accomplishment, you know, surfing the war zone, looking yeah. for that perfect weight you can catch that can give you that ending, but it never came. You know, and, and I realized, man, I'm 25, 26, I'm still alive because I didn't think I was going to live past 25 when I joined the Legion. Yeah. And then you start realizing maybe I'm going to grow old like a regular person. And then you start to understand that you don't have to go off to war. You don't have to do crazy stuff. Life in the end will have its tragedies and they will come for anybody that is born on this planet. Oh, man. Well said. That's some great advice, too. Very, very great <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's in a way you just you never gave up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it made, like you said, it made you stronger, right? Oh yeah. Going through all that. Same stuff. for Jesse. Look at Jesse's career. Jesse yeah. has proven himself again and again with no budget, and he delivered. He's like that prize fighter that keeps winning his fights by knockout, but doesn't get that title shot because of politics. Yeah. It's long overdue, and it's time for a big studio film for Jesse and for a studio to notice his talent because he's one of the best action directors out there. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that because he's been my friend for all these years. Yeah. Well, I've been saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just met Jesse last man. week. Yeah. I've been saying it for years. You know, you know so it's time like... that, that someone out there says, Hey, give this guy, you know, a big budget film and, and he'll blow the lid of the pots, you know? Oh, he's going to, gonna kill it he's on his way he's on on his way but uh really quick jesse when we first met you know yeah i i i I told jesse you're you're a lot like me not in the way that you go to war but you're you're a pit bull when you have your giant or something that mother effort doesn't let go and eventually you pay your dues long enough long enough it's gonna pay up that's right yeah stick with it yeah, he's on his way. I think he's already there, in my opinion. He's, but he's on there, his way. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm talking. It's time for a hundred mil or whatever budget. Yeah, for him yeah, yeah. He's gonna kill it. Oh yeah, and you're gonna kill it in whatever movie he makes. <laughs> speaking <laughs> or, of, or speaking of, um, how was it working with these guys, these legends? Uh man, I, 
I have to give a shout out to Ron Smorenberg. That guy is one of the kindest. He's a good martial artist and all of that stuff and awesome kicks for a big guy like that. Oh, yeah. You know, very unusual. But he's one of the kindest people I've met in the movie industry. And that, that you know, it's tough to find good, decent people in this industry. Yeah, Ron, Ron is a really, really good guy. Tony was very easy to work with. So was Equo and all those guys. Tony asked me one day, I showed him some pictures on my phone from my brutal past. And he goes, hey, Dominic, what movie is that from? Uh-huh. No, 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 Tony. This is, this is from real life. This is in the military. <laughs> that was in the Foreign Legion and me as an independent, yeah. you know, private, private soldier. He yeah. goes, oh, real, real life, no movie. <laughs> he, went, <laughs> he said, no, no, Tony, no movie. That's real life, brother. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, oh, I started cracking up. We both started cracking up looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh man work with. yeah yeah awesome awesome but i was happy to see you in the lead again uh in the mercenary and i really enjoyed this man this was a straight up badass balls to the walls action throwback we going back to what was <laughs> badass in the 80s and the early 90s son right you know so you know samurai guy had to show up and represent uh but yeah man it was i it was it was a lot of fun and uh of course uh working with uh with Louie, man, how was it working with that guy several times? Louie is a gem, you know, because I, I hadn't done uh, stuff as the main guy for a while. And, and Louie really made me look good. You know, there was no ego there. And, <laughs> and the guy played off me. And he, he was really, real fun to work with. Yeah. And I like enjoyed, I said, I, I enjoyed you guys' and, fight. Yeah. Him and Carmen, they, they, they really made me look good in this movie. I wish yeah. we had a little more time to do the fight stuff but right. but other than that i'm very proud of that film and that movie was made with some of my pink mist savings as i call it oh <laughs> savings from the years of making pink mist and some other people that believed me putting some money into this thing you know so <laughs> so no i'm very proud of this film and it was great yeah. to 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 get to team up with jesse again we had a different director attached to it before because jesse was busy doing back-to-back movies but no one can pull off the action like yeah. jesse does yeah. couldn't you know the other guys couldn't do it no you got a boom rock here saying the mercenary was awesome top 10 worthy from last year so he's a fan uh but yeah you know it's these type of stories they never get old you know the whole uh, redemption story the, you know. the max character i actually i i created that character for a graphic novel that i was working on oh and then when the company that was going to do the graphic novel they pulled the plug on it and i was devastated because you know i i had the graphic novel it was called viva la mort originally but the max character is one of the characters out of the graphic novel and what i what we don't explain in the first mercenary movie when the Max character gets his throat slashed in the sequence, he actually dies there. And when oh. you see it, when you see him walk to the burned-out wasteland, he's in prerogatory, walking oh. through hell. Uh, what we never explained in the movie is that the Max character is uh, they called passengers, and they're people. When they get killed, they can travel back on another person that is about to die's lifeline and come back to life. So when the priest finds him in that alley yeah. where, where he finds Max, that was a druggie dying there from an overdose. 
And the passenger character that is Max, he travels back on that druggish lifeline that is about to die, and the body of the druggie transforms into Max. He's part Whoa. of this. He's part of this old group of people that are called passengers. And How they can, interesting! Yeah, and they can be killed and yeah. go to. But if someone at the same die, time is dying that they are being killed, they yeah. can travel back on the person about to die's lifeline and come back, and that person's body morphs into their bodies. Wow. They call passengers, and there's a whole clan like that, and they follow each other in 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 the graphic novel. Wow, yeah, that's very that's fascinating. Wow, that's like a totally different, <laughs> oh, that's a totally different take on it. Wow. But like I said, because of blood, budget constrictions and all yeah. that stuff, we couldn't yeah. go. And hopefully, if we do Mercenary Two, we can go into the whole yes. passenger background. And then also, because these guys, they're not immortals, but like immortals, they're a hundred some years old. Okay. There we can go visit the early days of the Legion, the modern Legion, him as a mercenary. He's getting a family. His wife gets old and dies. His kids get old and dies, but he keeps living. So he keeps rejoining the foreign Legion. So we can show the whole Legion history from the beginning during Cameroon, during modern day Legion. Wow, yeah. that's really fascinating. Oh, there, there, there's no maybe. Uh, Jesse, you gonna make that happen, sir? Make it happen. I hope. Mercenary so. two. <laughs> it's confirmed right here on the channel. No, it's kidding. Fingers <laughs> crossed. That's right. That's right. You heard it here first. Uh, but yeah, you know, I the re the whole redemption type story. I, I enjoy that. You know, um, it's it, uh, it, the it never gets old. It never gets old, and I have so much in common with. My my life, the whole thing, it's it's a redemption. Whether it's Legion, coming back into civil life, being able to move on. When I first, uh, on the first months that I was in America, I would get calls from friends that were still independent soldiers who work as private military contractors in Africa and stuff like that. And they would offer me jobs. I paid a lot of money to go and pink miss some clown somewhere. But uh, I didn't want to go back to that lifestyle. So right. that's why I originally got a dog. And by having a dog, a pet, the dog needed someone to take care of him. I couldn't go off and get shot up or killed right. to that lifestyle. And and that's the reason that kept me here. And I always kept on getting dogs. Because animals, yeah. the animal gave me something that I had to take care of and stay here. That was before I was married. And, and, and yeah. Did not yeah. That. yeah. But that helped me redeem myself and not go back to what I was doing for a living before. Right. Wow. Well, you got to love animals. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> they yeah. become family over time. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this was my favorite fight in the movie. Like this was, I mean, I enjoyed all the action, but this was just yeah. phenomenal, man. We, like, we shot that thing in, in like a half day or something, a little bit over half a day. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But now, Bam! Going back to World War II, son. That's right. That's right. Hell hath no fury. That's right. Hell hath no fury. Uh, even if it wasn't in that movie, I would recommend this movie to any of my friends that love war movies, action, suspense, drama. It's a damn good film. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm patting myself on the back. It's a movie that is action, suspense, drama. It's very well acted. And it has an unusual story. Some people might think it's another woke, washed Hollywood film where a hundred 
pound girl beats up a bunch of hard combat veterans like you see a lot lately in Hollywood movies, especially in the Marvel stuff. But Hell Had No Fury is nothing like that. Marie, the main character, gets what she wants by outsmarting, outwitting the men she's up against. She's sometimes very vulnerable in this film, but yeah. she uses that vulnerability in a cunning way to get what she's after, the way only a woman can do in real life. It's not like she's going in hand-to-hand combat with these guys. Right, right. She finds her ways that are very yeah. cunning and, and to get, you know, where she wants to go. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool and, and, and different from some of the woke stuff that is out there. And, um, you know, the when I saw the trailer for the first time with Jesse last week, Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. It was a great trailer. And we're going to watch it again before we, before I let you go. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but the first time I watched it, not once at all did I think woke. No, no. Not, not once. I was just I like, saw this the, looks I saw great. The trailer the first time when they put it on YouTube and some people were writing stuff. And I said, these guys have no clue because you have to watch the movie to really. Yeah. It, it's very, very different. It's very well directed. It's just a very, very all-around good film. I don't do martial arts in it. I do straight yeah. acting in it, but I have yeah. to say it's, it's probably my best work as an actor. All film. right. Copy that. So let's talk a little bit about your character. Look at this guy. Clement. <laughs> yeah. Without spoilers, because, you know, we, wanna, we want people to see the movie, but uh, right. Jesse, you know, when he, his comment earlier, I was going to ask right. this anyway, Jesse, <laughs> but he's like, have Dom talk about his character. You know, when I read a script, I always analyze the character. You know, if I'm about to play someone, I dream about how he would be if he was a real person. And I build a separate story around him that is not necessarily talked about in the script. You know, I draw from that to create a more nuanced individual. So to me, Clement, as it was in the script, he was a a French freedom fighter. But in my mind... He was a soldier during World War I before he fought in World War II because he's a little bit older. Yeah. So in my mind, he was a French foreign legionnaire fighting the Germans in the trenches during World War I. Right. That was Clément for me. Clément was also a character, even though he's, he's a brutal soldier and an expert on explosives and a freedom fighter and all of that stuff, there's something very naive about him when it comes to women. He's in love mm. with Marie. You know, he would do anything, you know, for Marie. And when he finds out that Marie thinks that when he didn't show up to the pickup point that he betrayed her, that devastates the guy. That's the love of his life. And, you know, here he finds out that she thinks that he didn't show up at the pickup points. Ah. He was just following orders. Right. He didn't know that he was supposed to be there. He thought she was taking a different way to come to where the whole group was. Gotcha, gotcha. So this is interesting already, like, from how you described, like, there's history on this guy. He's a little bit older. There's a history on this guy. He's a little bit older. By the time, you know, he becomes a freedom fighter for World War II, he was, many years before, he was in the trenches during World War I, stabbing people to death with a bayonet. So he has all that background. He's a brutal mofo in this movie. But he also has a very innocent, naive threat to his, you know, to his character. Gotcha. I would say that him and and uh, Joseph Cannon, who plays the American GI, are probably from the guys the most likable characters because he has okay. a real he has a real naivety to him that right. that, that 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 makes him likable, even though he's a brutal, you know, yeah. killer. 
Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I, I you know, especially to see more of your acting side, man. I can't wait to check that out. It's so, it's also the first film where I where I uh, I speak in French, which is great. Oh. Because I, right. get, I get to speak throughout the whole movie in in, in, in French, which nice. I've done before. Nice. Uh, I did a movie long, long, long time ago where I speak some Dutch, but uh, this was the first time I got to speak in French, and I had to polish up on my friend because I did a long time. And my yeah. French, you know, I said, "Oh, my friends that I the French that I speak is like Legion French. It's like slang." Right, and right. Said, okay, I'm gonna make this guy in my head. He's an ex Legionnaire that has now become a freedom fighter, so it makes sense he would speak. Legion slang. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's a nice take on it. Yeah. Uh, was this your first time working with uh, with Daniel Bernhardt? Yes, yes. How was it working with Daniel? Daniel's a really nice guy. You know, you're going to say you say everyone is a nice guy. I'm going to give you some bad stuff on people. <laughs> Daniel was a super nice guy. I'd worked with Louis before, obviously. Love yeah. the guy. Louis Tim the man. Murphy worked with him uh, on, on many things. First film we did, The Honorable, uh, he was in there, Luke LaFontaine, all of these guys. First time for me to work uh, with Daniel. And yeah, the guy was easy to work with. And separate from being the actor part, he was also a good guy. Decent guy. Oh, nice. No. Nice. People that weren't such good guys that I've worked with uh, on uh, was originally called Charlie Vi- Valentine, The Hitman Diaries. Right, right. Was uh, Michael Weatherly. That guy was a punk. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I had a whole fight scene with that dude. And I was very gentle on everything with with the guy. And at the end of uh, filming that movie, because he's on that show NCIS or whatever he's on. Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, Michael, you know, is is there any way I can give you my reel to give to the casting lady? Maybe I can come and play a little part on, on, on NCIS or whatever. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, maybe you can play my best friend too. And he walked off without taking my, my reel wow. or anything. What a and dick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, what a punk that guy is. So, yeah, wow. I, I, had, I had quite a bit of experiences like that too. But I just, you know, you don't talk yeah. about that. You let it slide and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah, the, the, usually the people that I work with, with Jesse, yeah. they're, they're decent people. Right. Oh, that sucked. That guy I'm, was a I'm dick. Not, I'm, not, I'm not some brown noser that tells everyone it's great. No, no. I, I, I tell. The, yeah, the tell stuff, like it is. You know? Tell like it is. That's right. You real. You real. Like Artisan74 says, light him up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have Nate Dog says, Dominique is such a down to earth type of guy. I love the interview so far. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the interview, Nate Dog. Thank you. But uh, we're, we're, we've come towards the end. Uh, I am excited to see Hell Hath No Fury. And just for fun, me and Dom are going to watch it again with you guys. We're going to watch the trailer. Not the whole movie, sorry. <laughs> Got to pay to see the movie. Pay to see the movie. Fox, yeah. But yeah, man, let's check yeah. this out. And then uh, we'll, it's a, we'll, we'll uh, let it be a wrap for today because I know you're an extremely busy guy. Uh, brand new dad, so I know you're really busy. Yes, so. yes, my baby yeah. is right there waiting to eat with us. Oh, okay, let me hurry up. She's very respectful. She doesn't eat, even if I work 16 hour days and I come home at one in the morning, she yeah. does not eat until I come home and eat. It's unbelievable. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah my, and <laughs> I tell her, hey, don't wait for me. She says, No, I want to wait for you. That's the special woman that I got. All right, let's have some fun. Let's watch this again. Have a good time here. Hell hath no fury. I am excited. Let's go. You want to tell us where that gold is? Maybe we can all go home. I'm doing my best to remember. I promise. 
If I were you, I'd keep real still, Marie. You gotta love Louie, man. Louie's yeah, great. He's... That guy's great. Awesome, dude. And like Whatever I was saying with Jesse, over. man, Freedom. like, again, the cinematography yeah. is really good in this movie. Then we're going to tar and feather that girl. She begged us to help her. Promised the major buried treasure. Nina reminds me of Chicago Robbie of This will not end yeah. nicely. Yeah. No gold, Major. You're no. the one that told us there was gold here, Marie. Look for that gold. Oh shit, he's coming, the man. Oh, there he is. There he is. Ooh. They here waiting for us. Was that you rolling in that hole there? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Hitler's elite guard. Think there's a chance they just piss us by? Hell no, they're coming. We will let you live. You gotta help us kill candy. these Nazis. Candy, candy. You said you can shoot. The question is, can you really? Let's go. If we ambush them just right, they die. Get it for the charge! We won't stand a chance. Dude, this, these, these are my kind of movies, man. I love shit like this. Don't you see? She's using you. One clever trickster, Marie. Maybe we put down these guns. We all get a little piece of that gold. We got a deal? No more deals. Yeah. Yo. Yeah, hell, that movie, baby. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Woo! Yes. Still Sean excited. Murray, the music that he always does for Jesse's films is kicking ass. Oh it's yeah. Sean, Sean's music is just every time I watch uh, Jesse's films and uh, with Sean's music on it, it's like, yeah. wow, this guy kicks ass too, you know? Woo! I'm still excited. I'm just excited watching the trailer the first time. You got uh, artisan saying, "Oh damn, this looks amazing." That's right. And AJ Mason going, yeah, woo, love stuff like this, man. So this is the perfect way to end the interview. I could talk to you all day, brother, and talk movies I, and martial I arts. Like and one more what? thing before I take off, I Go like ahead. poetry too, and you can check it out on YouTube. It's some of it is really hardcore, but okay. guys that like poetry, want to see the poetry that I write, please check it out. Do you want to give us something? Give us something right now. Yeah. Before you go, do you want to give us a poem before you go? We think we can write the future for ourselves, but that never really the case. Even when you do everything right or you think you are, life will throw things at you that are unpredictable and you can't control. Love it. Love <laughs> it. I had to blow you up there. You had to get, <laughs> you had to get deep here. You had to get deep. Love it. Thank Dom, you. Appreciate Dominique, that. Mr. Dominique, again, it was an honor to have you here, my friend. And like we like we say all of, us, us. <laughs> yes. no more stretching. I won't do the bootleg. I'm gonna botch it. I'll let Thanks, you do the man. stretching. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, man, like we tell all our guests, make this your second home, my friend. You're welcome back anytime to promote anything or just to hang out and talk movies. Anytime, my friend, you're welcome back here. Anytime. And uh chat, everybody watching, make sure you support Hell Hath No Fury. Buy it, see it, spread it. Let everybody know. Let everybody know. All right. And uh, if God willing, if everything works out this week, we will have Nina Bergman here in the movie dojo. That's right. This Wednesday. Uh, she's extremely busy, but I'm trying to get her as well. So more. This hell hath no fury week, son. <laughs> That's how we rolling. So stay tuned for that interview as well. That's right. Support Dominique Vandenberg. Check him out. 
for the future films he's going to be in, go ahead and go buy the back catalog as well. Because we all know, we all know when the magic happened. That's right. And if you don't own Pit Fighter Son, you're not an action movie fan. <laughs> you want that action movie cred? Go out and buy Pit Fighter and The Mercenary. All right, Dom. I know the little one's hungry. Thanks, I'm sorry. Thank you Thanks again. Much. I'll Appreciate see you next it, time, my friend. Take Thanks. care, brother. Thank you. All right. Us. Us.